is going on? Hey, what's going on, son? It's what's coming off. Your face. Clean off. <sighs> Might as well just kill me then, too. How do you figure that? Because he's been bit. But he ain't been led. Oh, shit. He's turned by now. So, <laughs> yeah, why not? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Citizen Frame. I'll get that in now because I always forget that. Yep. If, you know, because I've elongated mm-hmm. our intros. Uh, I'm Kieran, the host of Citizen Frame. Joining me is a regular misfit, Trevor. Excellent to be here, Kieran. That's right. That's right. Because we're, we're here to talk. I don't want to say lost film because I think it's got, obviously, it's a very cult, it's a cult film at this point. But I do think people, it gets lost in the shuffle because in the 80s, you had two of the classics. You had Fright Night and you had the fucking brilliant Lost Boys. Agreed. Yeah. Lost Boys actually came out the same time this one did. So, 87? Yep. So they were parallel to each other. But there's a lot of similarities yes. into the, in this film. And if this film, when I say this film, we are talking the 1987 vampire, or is it a vampire film? We kind of really don't know. Vampire Western. Yeah, it's called Near Dark. Directed by longtime collaborator with uh, James Cameron, it's Catherine Bigelow. And they she actually co-founded Lightstorm productions with uh james cameron but yes we got Catherine bigelow and the cool thing the cool thing about this as i'm reading up on this one i'm looking at the cast and i'm thinking wait a minute we got half the cast from aliens in this it was it was yeah yeah it was nice because cameron said to bigelow because they were partners take these guys <laughs> michael bean was supposed to be in it as well See, I heard that. It's too bad he turned it down. Yeah. But you know what? I kind of like I like seeing Bishop. I like seeing Lance Hendrickson in this, actually. I could watch Lance Hendrickson in anything. Yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of neat. But yeah, you've got uh, Jeanette Goldstein, who plays Diamondback. you got the late, great, God, I miss him every day, Bill Paxton, mm-hmm. who plays Severin. Steals the show. And of course, Lance Hendrickson. And I'll say this, he's the only one that's good in this film. Who, Bill Paxton? Yeah, I'm going to tell you now, guys. We talk about revisiting films, and we talk about uh, through the podcast eyes. Now, I'm pretty good about the podcast eyes. I might catch some stuff I don't like, or might that I have a copy for that I do like. But I'm going to tell you now, this is very, very, very overrated. Kieran, I'm going to shock you here. I'm going to agree with you. I haven't watched this in a long yeah. time, and me, you and I were both excited. Let's do this mm-hmm. one. We haven't seen it in ages. Oh, boy. Um... Fuck, it sucks. But hopefully this conversation... We'll get to the bottom of why it sucks. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll, I know. I want to say sucks. I will say I want to go back to Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen. You can't compare listen. the two because they're completely different films. But yes, I know what you're saying. Uh, there are so many films that I absolutely adored when I was younger, in my teens and 20s and early 20s and stuff, that I have revisited now that I'm in my 40s, mid-40s. And they are not quite as good as I remember, you know. Uh, and this is one of them, sadly. You know what? I, I've got to applaud the film. And the reason I say that, Catherine Bigelow does more. I use the word grounded a lot, but she does. Mm-hmm. I mean, The Hurt Locker is a fucking great film. Uh, but she also did Point Break. I haven't seen The Hurt, Hurt Locker, by the way. Oh, Hurt Locker is brilliant. Uh, she got the Oscar for it. And Point Break, Strange Days is awesome. Yeah, I you like guys want to see Ray Fiennes out, yeah, isn't it? Ray, yeah, Ray Fiennes. It's, it's a really cool virtual yes. reality gem. Yes. Ahead of his time. So I watched it on TV shortly after it was, you know, 
released in the 90s, like the late 90s or something. I watched it on TV. I remember really liking it. Yeah. So what she and she's and she's co-writing it with a guy in the 80s was big called Eric Red. Mm-hmm. Now Eric Red gave me one of my favorite films of all time, and that's called The Hitcher. Love The Hitcher, brilliant film. Yeah, genuinely wrote that fucking one. scurry. Yeah, just great film. Mm-hmm. So you have all the pieces there. You got a Catholic cast of aliens, Catherine Bigelow, Eric Red, two no names, Adrian Bastar and Jenny Wright. They haven't done much. Jenny Wright played the brothel madame in Young Guns 2. I know, but you're you're that's a stat. Nobody what the f- really nobody cares. <laughs> I do. Nobody cares about that stat. That's the worst stat. <laughs> this poor actor, hey, who hasn't worked. I mean, they can't the reason they, Adrian Pastor I didn't think he did heroes. Was his he gets a kid off in Young Guns too. I remember that as a fourteen-year-old boy. Trust me. Listen, listen. I mean, that is the worst plug for this actress ever. <laughs> I mean, ever. She does a lady get I diver mean, on a horse and goes, "White Oaks, you can kiss my ass." <laughs> let me tell you what this film was trying to do. Okay, what the? And I applaud for what it was trying to do. By the way, if you want to see a vampire western, see fucking Vampires by John Carpenter. Carpenter. Okay, so. It, they tried to do a darker take, a darker, grounded version of a vampire film. So they wanted to get rid of the AZ cheese model that you were given. In Fright Night and Lost Boys do have it, but they're so much better than this. Well, Fr- Fright Night and, and Lost Boys I, are comedies. This isn't play deadly straight. Yes, they're they're. It almost has a. I don't. Anyone's going to get this reference, but at least it's a decent reference. I'm like, you know, fucking Trevor's. No offense. <laughs> It plays almost like there's a movie that came out just a couple of years before that. It introduced us to the Coen brothers. It's a lot like a movie called Blood Simple. Yes. And it's got very minimal characters, very little cast, and it's all in the same location pretty much or near, not too far near from each other. And they never say the word vampire. You never see teeth flying out of them. You never see fangs, whatever it is. And... It's done more. Are they really vampires? Yes, almost like vampire neorealism, almost. Yeah, you leave it to your own imagination what they are, and God, I applaud for what I was trying to do. But yeah, there's no there's no crucifixes or, or garlic or you know that sort of thing. Yeah, it's just these people who can't. They have obviously superpowers. There's some great stuff in it, but yeah, there's some there's some fun stuff. But we're gonna we're gonna tell you now why this falls flat and this should have. It should have really have worked. And I will start off by saying it's the two leads. Adrian Pastor and Jenny Wright are horrible in this film. Johnny Depp was up for the role too. Yeah, I saw that. God, he should have been in it. He would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. He would have brought character to it. Caleb and May. Let's get the introduction of these. What the fuck was the whole purpose? The, first of all, nothing happens in this film for 35 minutes I timed it I don't mind that though I don't mind the setup a, a slow burn I know setup. you don't you like the lighthouse <laughs> where nothing happens in that film for the whole two hours <laughs> but you introduce these two and I guess there's some there's they, I guess they fall in love they're trying to do like, almost like a Bonnie and Clyde kind of chemistry I don't know what they I don't know what they're going for yeah, in view, yeah, but it doesn't show they don't smile. They're depressing as hell. It's just... And then she goes, take me away. And he takes her away. And then she's, oh, I gotta go. Yeah, Why? no, but see, but just before that, when they go and see the horse, um, he shows her the horse. See, just, just as, as she sees the horse, she, say, she says something along the lines of, you know, um, what's the matter with you? There's no rush. 
Then see about two minutes later, she's going, I have to go, I have to go. And she's like literally rushing. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He, she goes, she goes, I have to go. I just, it's illogical. I just got here. I have to go. I have to get somewhere before dawn. No problem. He goes, oh, that, we got hours then. Mm-hmm. Within three minutes of them rushing at her home, the sun's coming up. Mm-hmm. So there's the problem with this film. A lot of the, the editing, time sequence-wise, doesn't make sense. Like you say, um, and I have to say, and again, and I know just um, a couple of minutes ago, I said that I would watch Lance Henriksen in anything, and I still would. But he is surprisingly, this is not one of his best performances. He was the more grounded one. And the funny thing is, Jeanette Goldstein, who played Vasquez mm-hmm. um, in Aliens, and Lance Henriksen, Bill Paxton, they all should have been zany. Yeah. These guys were zany in the. I mean, that's what that's that's what we want to see. Yeah, you know, it would have been nicer. You have, you have um, Homer, right? Mm-hmm. So you got Homer, who's a kid, but he's older than all of them. Yes, but he's he's, he's cursed. He's, yeah, he's cursed pretty much. It would have been better if he was the more serious one. Yeah, because he's the more adult o- o- old man trapped in a child's body type thing. Exactly, and the other one should have just been let loose. Bill Paxton's brilliant in this. He still is. He's oh, yeah. He's, he's superb, and he's genuinely terrifying. He's completely wasted. Mm-hmm. Completely wasted. But what we do get of him is brilliant. So when he she decides to bite him for whatever reason, she runs. She's miles away, but she makes it. I don't know how she made it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know how she got to point A to point B so quickly. Well, they were sort of tracking her and the sort of drag her into the why the did, home thing. Why did they they take him from from his home? Um, she well because um she had turned him into a vampire. He was no. he was becoming a vampire. They didn't know that. Well, maybe they were going to eat him, but then they realized. I you know. No. Why would they go back to get him? Because that's, that's what I was she told him to. She must have oh, told him to. You must have because because. Okay, but they she didn't tell them that she she bit him because they would have cut his head off and eat him. Remember, and then you found out yeah that she told him I bit him. Don't you can't touch him. I love the I love the general sort of mood and atmosphere of the whole film, um, but there is it's a lot. There's a, a lack of you know you know what I think the problem is with me um, with 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 rewatching it. I think if I had to watch this um, whenever I watched it a couple of nights ago for the podcast, I think if I had to watch this for the first time, I would have loved it so much more. But because I knew what was going to happen, and I, there's certain films that will dramatically improve on rewatches with me. This was not one of them. Uh, I love the mood and the atmosphere, that dreamlike atmosphere. There are also there's a lot of sort of stuff that didn't make sense, like just by whenever he, do you know, do you know the scene where he gets on the bus and tries to get back home? That's what another thing I was, but I was about to just tell you by that. pure chance he gets off the bus where they were camped out. Yeah, I was like, did he go back to her? How did? No, it, it's a ridiculous coincidence. How long was he on the road for? Mm-hmm. I'm confused. Yeah, it's a, it's it's put down. It's a coincidence basically, and it's not a very impressive one. I mean. And so, and then they, shoot, they they give you this homage. And here's, there's no, and anyone listening to this who hasn't seen it, there's no violence in this entire film. They cut away from everything. Um, there, it's no shock gore in this. A couple blood scenes, a couple punches and stuff. The bar scene. Most of the, and, and the, but, the bar scene is very tame. Uh, compared to what standards. it could be, yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, it, it's quite tense. I, I'd, say, I'll, I'd say it's quite tense, the bar scene. The bar scene is the best part. Yeah. By far, when they go in the bar to you know have some lunch, I couldn't stand <laughs> the little sister of um, Caleb, Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. She was yeah, uh, real ropey 
um, scripting and stuff, you know, for her character and uh, yeah. And then the, the blood. Tra- I don't think that. I mean, I know it's a fucking supernatural vampire film, but I wasn't convinced by the blood transfusion fix either. Yeah, how the hell did you do that? Cause how does that work did, medically? And it stands a fucking vet. Tim Thomerson would have been dead. Yeah, because he's given his. You got to. Tra- he's got to transfer all of his blood out. Yeah. So where's all the blood going? It doesn't make sense. And then they did the same with um, Jenny Wright's character. Yeah, but you. In order to give me your blood, I know you got to. I got to give you all my blood. I know, and I can't take your blood because it's vampire blood. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So where's all the blood coming from? The sense is, I know, I know, I know it's fucking super, supernatural, but I do like a bit of in-universe, you know, you know, there's, lo- you know rules. <sighs> okay, so their whole thing is they're pretty much gypsies, mm-hmm. and they go around. In this camper, or they'll trade cars as they as they go, and they just travel. Yes, and they kill. Looks like hitchhikers, and they kind of give that little montage how they kill the hitchhikers, mm-hmm. and he picks up the two girls, and um, and what's her face? Uh, Diamondback plays on her looks. Yes, like there's a scene where Diamondback and Hooker, mm-hmm. that's Hendrickson and Goldstein's characters, get carjacked. Mm-hmm. And then he turns up the music because, you know, he's going to kill these guys. You don't see anything. Yeah. It cuts away. I mean, you, you can't give us these two bad guys who are being quite vile to uh, a Diamondbacks character. We only see these guys get it. It would have landed them more weight as villains, as, know, as fucking badasses. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just like the do with Cobra. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Can we have some of the violence from Cobra and put it in this? Yeah. Yeah, it's just you know what I mean. It's all cutaways, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But you got to give us something. What these guys? I mean, we get the bar scene, but it's we're not looking for gratuitous score. We're looking for something that will have power and impact, and also make us take the vampires seriously. Perfect. The perfect. The perfect scene to explain what you just said. Mm-hmm. So the whole concept is. May is trying, they're giving this guy a couple of days to understand that he's got to eat, he's got to kill. Mm-hmm. He can't be sucking on May. Yeah, sucking <laughs> her blood. off. Yeah. So, <laughs> she brings him out and they go, they, they, they meet this nice truck driver. Yeah. And he is a very nice character and you don't want him to get it, but he's going to get it. Mm-hmm. So, he, 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 t- he tells the truck driver he's going to be sick because he's not going to kill him. And he's being sick because he needs blood. Mm-hmm. So he, he comes out, he starts puking and stuff. And the truck driver, being the nice guy, tries to help him. And then May decides to attack him. And just and doesn't really even attack him. Mm-hmm. Just bites his neck. Uh, uh, uh. And he's and much bigger it. than her as well. So it's, well, it's, it's not even that. It's There was no empathy. I didn't care. There was no tension. There was no tension. It was like, you should, you should really like this guy. Mm-hmm. So when he got it, you just like, uh. Yeah, but so and what? Then, yeah. Here's what I don't get. Here's what I don't get. Caleb Ben's like, still he's still sucking on her now for blood, mm-hmm. right? But why? Is, why did he at this point just eat the eat the uh, trucker guy? Yeah. Here's what I don't get. Yes, you can see the cow is cute and lovable, mm-hmm. but once the cow is already on the grill, you might as well have a burger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Am I right? No, I mean, I, I I can get what they were trying to do, that he was conflicted between he didn't want to be a killer, uh, but he needed the blood to survive and stuff, but it's just not well, for want of a better phrase, executed. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a shot, and I know 
I know these films were, were, were filmed simultaneously, The Lost Boys. And actually, Lost Boys was a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. She stole this in The Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. No, she stole this scene. The scene where they're coming up the hill and you see the dust. It's kind of the dust makes almost looks like a fog bank. Yes. And they're in the shadows and they're coming up. It's a beautiful shot. Mm-hmm. They do the exact same shot in The Lost Boys when they're going up the sand dune well, to I, attack yes, yeah. the hippie surfers. Actually, uh, I was just thinking there, actually, when you were saying that, um, there's actually quite a lot of similarities um, with this film and Interview with the Vampire, in that um, there's the child vampire who is actually really old, but, um, you know, they're trapped in a child's body, and there's also Brad Pitt's character in it, um, whenever he first becomes a vampire, doesn't want to kill. And he tries to, you know, he starts off trying to, you know, suck the blood of animals and stuff, but it makes him sick. So there is similarities, you know. But but they're fucking vampires films, so they're obviously going to be yeah. similarities, you know. Oh, look at Last Boys. Yeah. You have the the woman who's a vampire. Yes. Brings Star. in the man. Yeah, we have Star and we have David. Yes. Is it David? Yes. From Kiefer Sutherland. No, the other guy. Uh, David, uh, not David. Um, anyways. Oh, like the uh, big Jason boss Pat- vampire? Jason, yeah. No, no. Jason Patrick is in love with Jamie Kurtz. Yes. Adrian Pastar is in love with May here. Mm-hmm. The vampire team tries to bring him in. Yeah. Tries to teach him what you need to do. But he's he's, he's resistant. He doesn't want to do also it. At the, also at this point, with Lost Boys. Also at this point in history, there were it's two gangs of unconventional vampires. The Lost Boys were a gang of bikers. And these ones were like a, basically like gypsy types, you know, in their caravan. And before that, vampires were mostly the sort of gothic you know, Hammer Horror, you know, Bella Lugosi, Universal, yeah. you know, um, that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's two gangs of unconventional vampires. A modern, modern, you know, vampires, gangs. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay. I mean, when I think of the, the Gypsy van, I, it reminds me of the Gypsies from um, one of my favorites, Dr. Sleep. Yes, yeah. So it, they, they kind of play on that a bit, too. Yeah. So I, I do like that mm-hmm. mobile vampire, I guess you can say. Yeah. And so... I mean, so they go to this bar, and when they go to the bar, it shows you how good Catherine Bigelow, though, is with characters. Mm-hmm. The most likable characters in this film are these guys in the bar, these bikers that you probably should hate. Yeah, that are usually portrayed as sort of thugs. Yeah, but they seem like pretty decent guys, and they put up with a lot of shit with these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they get it, and I actually felt sorry for these guys. Oh, Even yeah. over anyone else in this film. Caleb, May, Homer. I didn't care. I didn't I give a shit about Caleb. And Homer was annoying. And then this is where Severance shined. This is where Bill Paxton signed. Mm-hmm. Shined. He was very good in this scene. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, he has... And I just thought it was... Okay, so after they attack the bar, right? And the whole place is on fire. And one who gets away. James LaGrosse, by the way. He was end up being a point break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't, don't ever slobber to me about sort of random stats. No, 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 because because she did Point Break. Yeah, yeah. And everybody knows Point Break. Mm-hmm. I'm not going, oh, my God. She was so good as the uh, cross-dressing uh, <laughs> Manfredite in episode nine of Doctor <laughs> Who back in 1963. All did right, you see well, that one? Well, yeah, yeah. See that? Man are more obscure. Yeah, far enough. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> Sad thing is, I probably actually did describe a Doctor Who. <laughs> so he gets away. He calls. He goes to the police, and they have this horrible farmhouse shootout, mm-hmm. which 
I don't still understand. I know they take the band. It's it's a cool shot when he's 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 gonna sacrifice himself. He's gonna run to get the band. He's on fire and shit. Um, and I do like the shit when um Severin takes the first shot out the door. Yeah, and they're in blackness at this point because they can't open the windows because it's daylight. And he actually shoots the cop through the door. Mm-hmm. All the light hits him. The beam of light hits him, and he goes flying back into the bathroom. Yeah. I did like that. Yes. So as the, as the, the, the cops are shooting in the doors and you can see all these lights coming through, mm-hmm. they're trying to avoid the lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was fun. I have to say, the, the you know the the action sequences, like the scene and stuff, I think for the time they were pretty awesome. I think today, myself included, and I you know, um, I think we're sort of now sort of so used to much slicker choreographed action sequences. And you know, violent secret shootouts and stuff like this. Um, that whenever we watch, whenever we then jump from that to maybe older films like this, or, or even Cobra, it does look a bit tacky. Um, however, for the time, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. No, I thought it was. I was pretty. I do think they escaped pretty quick. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, once you get in the van, those cops would have had them in mm-hmm. a couple seconds. Yeah, I don't get how they escaped. And be all with the with the big van, big camper van. Mm-hmm. But again, yeah, you're right. Can't really got to give it its due, I suppose. It was a cool shootout. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, uh, and and it goes back to it being a western as well. You know the sort of the shootout. You know, I'm just trying to figure out, like you Siege. said, with the bus when he jumps off the bus, and there is there she is right there. <laughs> what the fuck? Where are we here? Because when they escape the hotel. All of a sudden, they're in another hotel. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, my, you know, I've only been to California in America, but there's, um, I don't know, they seem to do a lot, a lot of, you know, jumping of states in this. You know, it's fucking. It's Oklahoma. Texas. Oh, they're in Texas, oh, right? Aren't they? Yeah, but what was it? Was it? Was he not from Oklahoma? Oh God, I don't know. He is from Oklahoma. He is from Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Doesn't have that much desert. Yeah. So yeah. So there was stuff like, because I'm in that picker with we details like that. I mean, I'll, yeah, I just don't know where we're at, where we're at here because all of a sudden they t- they take the the van, whatever, and they go the hotel. Well, when the cops see that hotel, yeah, <laughs> I don't. But then we meet Sarah's there with the father, Tim Thomerson, who I like to see. I like Tim Thomerson. Yes, but you have him now, the father who's looking for the son Caleb and Sarah, little kid Sarah. Mm-hmm. And that was that was creepy when Homer tries to, tries to hit on Sarah. Yes, who's a kid. Because you got to realize, well, the actor playing Homer is much better than the child. Like, I know, I know, she's a child actor, so I don't want to be yeah. too unfair. But you know what I mean? It just it did jar for me, being honest. You know, um, I did. You know what I loved? I loved the I did love the suggested backstory for Lance Henriksen's character. You know that he was that he's been basically doing this since the American Civil War. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought that was cool as fuck. I love that. I love that sort of playing with time and stuff, and you know that these guys have been. Around for hundreds of years and stuff. That's always. It goes to show you, Caleb's not the, the smartest guy in the patch. When uh, when he goes, how long have you been a vampire? Mm-hmm. Um, I fought for the South. Mm-hmm. How do you not put the pieces together, the kid? What do you mean? I don't get it. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a party that was also um, originally in the script. It was also going to be um, revealed that um, Homer had actually bitten Sarah. But they said, but um, they could basically cut it because after it's revealed that you could be saved by the blood transfusion, that um, it, it would have been pointless. 
Yeah. Well, they get all the blood you want in that barn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and his and their type. It's a blood bank. Yeah, exactly. And their type. So they're all. And plus the fact that Dash just a vet, but yet he can like do these <laughs> highly elaborate medical. And uh, a fucking dirty old barn. Like there's no. This wasn't a fucking you know cleansed fucking hospital ward or whatever you know it's just yeah fucking shoot up there's my blood knock yourself out you're no longer a vampire high five Uh, and neither am I despite um, having all your vampire blood on me now or whatever fucking way it's just shit I don't get I don't get how it doesn't make any sense where the blood went and who what where yeah but what are you gonna do it's Mm -hmm. it's I'm not gonna no, I am going to hurt it on this one because I don't mind. I let things pass. Mm-hmm. Um, how they got to point A to point B, what happened, you know, uh, that stuff I'll let go mm-hmm. and some of the gore I'll let go that, that we don't get to see. Mm-hmm. But I, it just pissed me off the transfusion. That's the worst yeah, it, cop out ever. Yeah, it is a cop out. Um, it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, to the point where you got you have to point it out. I, you can't just roll your eyes and go, oh, well, okay, I'll go with it. No, that's a big one. That's a big fuck up. I think that this, you know, there is some great stuff in this, uh, but it could have been so much better. And also, yeah, I think if I had to just watched this for the podcast for the first time, I would have enjoyed it much better than, you know, watching it on a rewatch. Yeah. Well, what what you usually can say of a film, like a, a nice slow burn film, mm-hmm. would be the ending. And this has got to be the worst rushed ending. Yes, it is rushed. Um, you had Chevron who had a, you know, here's what I don't get. Chevron had the coolest because he gets hit by the truck. Mm-hmm. And he starts ripping the truck apart and his face is all bloody and cut up. I it's wanted awesome. him to, to bunch back up like the Terminator in the first How one. Did he die? How did he die, though? I thought he couldn't die. Yes, yep. I that was I, I wasn't amused at that either. I wanted him to come back. A final a final scare with him would have been cool yes. as fuck. You know, in the very last minute. At um, the end, the camera pans back. Everyone's home, safety, and then he and there he, he is. He, uh, there he's in a corner of a bar, yeah, picking up a girl, um, and he's all bloodied up and still, you know, he's all no, no, up. he's all fixed up. He's all ready to go, or oh, he's in Vegas now or something, yeah, something. Because how would he have died? Because he he can come back from that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't get that. I didn't. I was disappointed that. with that as well. Um, the kid getting it, going after Sarah. Again, I'm big fan. I, I just. I, I hate. I don't want nitpicking, but it's pissing me off because if it's happening to one character, it should be happening to the other. May should be dead by this point. May was out in the sun a lot yep. longer than Homer was. Mm-hmm. So why is Homer exploding and May's just sitting there because she yeah. all of a sudden? I some of them could last longer in the sun than others. Yeah, and then I hated Diamondback mm-hmm. and Hooker's death. Mm-hmm. What a waste. Yeah. What was the car explodes? They decided we're going to run him down. Mm-hmm. And okay, what are you? On the, are you on the gas? <laughs> what, what's that? You're about ten feet away from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she says good times, and and they explode. Yeah, I did understand why they just didn't drive away uh-huh. and cover themselves up. Yeah, we just didn't. And you know, I don't know. It, it, it's <laughs> it's very sloppy for what an i for a really good idea. Yeah, I mean. It, it has a lot going for it, but it just it it, it misses the mark and with some things, you know. I, you know, I thought the atmosphere and the the mood was absolutely gorgeous, um, but yeah, some of the it's let down in other departments. Yeah, you had the nice music from Tangerine Dream. Yes, yeah, the score. Uh, yeah, yeah, you had that. And they did that in the age of a lot of films. Vangelis, mm-hmm. uh, Tangerine Dream, mm-hmm. uh, Maurice Jarre. All these composers mm-hmm. uh, to Carpenter, 
mm-hmm. using that, you know, keyboard free. Yeah. Sort of electronic bass. Well, uh, um, there's a certain David Lynch feel too, not just the score, but also (laughs) the atmosphere and the mood. I knew it. I knew it. No, no, I I, 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 I was sort of, well, not not, not restraining from saying that, but um, no, there genuinely is uh, at times, not not all times, but you know, there's that weird vibe, that almost dreamlike vibe. It had a very blue velvet feel to yeah. it. I'll give you that, like blue velvet, blood simple. I wish I mentioned the Coen Brothers. That weird it, sort of. Um, it had that dreamlike, dreamlike modern western. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and nobody does that better than Lynch, you know. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I got another Lynch reference in. Hold oh on, I write this in my book, you know. <laughs> Cross oh another boy. one off. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, guys, check it out. If you like Lost Boys and Fight Night, I highly recommend it. I wouldn't say it's a piece of shit, and of course it's not. Yes. It's very competent. It's just, it's missing. It's it could have been too, so much better. It's too, we, you can only give a film so many passes. Mm-hmm. Um, this gets too many of them. So we're, we're, we're being pretty leaning on it. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, 35 minutes into it before anything happens. It's a, I mean, slow burns are great. Anyone thinks when I say slow burn, I'm being downgrading the film. I'm not. Slow burns are awesome. It's the payoff at the end that, mm-hmm. and this doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. So, what do you do? I can't. I can't give it a pass at this point. But check it out if you'd like. But it's not Lost Boys. It's not Fright Night. Not even close. Not even Fright Night Two. Fright Night Two is even better than this. <laughs> uh, well, maybe not. Maybe I'm pushing it in that one. Maybe I am. Uh, all right. That is a wrap on this one. Uh, yeah, we we said we wouldn't do horror for a while, and we kind of didn't. Never lied. <laughs> yeah, this is not really horror. They don't really say it's for vampires, so it could be just a drama with very hungry people. Yeah, to me, <laughs> it's a vampire western or a western yeah. vampire, whatever way, <laughs> whatever, whatever we want to explain it. Uh, guys, listen. Thanks for joining us again this week. Uh, please feel free to download us um, at any time at all the major streaming sites. We are available now. Well, we always have been, to be fair. We are also available to reach out and give us a shout at Citizen Frame underscore podcast and, of course, on Facebook. Uh, like I mentioned in the last couple of podcasts, we're tweaking some stuff. So bear with us as we keep doing it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Until we get it right. <laughs> so we'll be doing this for a while. <laughs> The new issue of Phantosium Goria is out now, available on Amazon. Yep, and Forbidden Planet International Belfast. And yep, our cover designer, Adrian Baldwin, was also very kind enough to design the brand new Citizen Frame logo. And Adrian is also uh, not just a, um, a designer of, you know, um, ads and also covers for Phantasmagoria, but he's also a dark comedy author and novelist as well. And you can check out some of Adrian Baldwin's titles which are available throughout the world from Amazon and also Forbidden Planet International Belfast, including his um, adults-only dark comedies, Barnacle Brat, Stanley McLeod Must Die, and The Snowman and the Scarecrow. That's his three novels. And his latest novella too, Devil's Acre. There you go. He's a busy man. You're a busy man. I'm a busy man. We're all busy. Yep. We're all this independent mosh pit. Yep. Of talent. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Okay. 
We're not okay. speaking for ourselves, by the way. <laughs> well, others. <laughs> well, no, I'm speaking to myself. What are you I'm talking joking. about? Well, you know, I'm talent. Don't like talent. to blow our own trumpets, you know. <laughs> oh, fuck that. I'm doing it. <laughs> Guys, everyone, have a good day, good night, good morning, wherever you are.